Welcome, everyone, to the Sigos Committee Podcast. This is our podcast for the evening of April 2nd, 2023. This is our sort of at the end of basketball season preview slash recap. We've got lots of things going on. We also have some F1 and Coach Kamish's premiere as a football coach, soccer coach. So we'll get to all that. First off, always, my name is Jordan. I am the VP of Vibes this week because I am so tired that I'm working on Vibes alone. And with me tonight, I've got Kamish, Katie, Beth, and Andrew. Katie, how are you? Good, guys. I'm good. I'm actually, this is, I'm a geriatric and I'm having cataract surgery tomorrow. Yay! Uh, so chugging water because I'm not allowed to have anything to eat or drink after midnight. I hate that feeling. So, a lot of water, chugging it. But I'm good. Uh, uh, Beth, how are you? Um, I'm staring into the abyss. How are you? Doing great. <laughs> staring into the 12-tone abyss. Yep. Remember, all notes are equally important. Don't worry about tonic. It's not real. Andrew, how are you? Very good. I was uh, able to go to a Reds-Pirates game. We can discuss that in a little while. Yeah. I felt like sufficiently sicko content for us. You're to... also staring into the abyss. How yes. exciting. It was, it was 40 <laughs> degrees. It was great. And Kamish, since we're all on staring into abyss uh, vibes today, I feel like you might be joining us in that. Um, let's just say I'm running on two hours of sleep. Okay. Oh no. So uh, let's 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 say that it, it could be maybe three, but honestly, at this point, I really don't know, and I don't think that would matter. I don't think that extra hour is going to do you much. I don't think it would have did me much, but yeah, not necessarily staring into the abyss. I, I think I, I just can't see right now. I'll just say that. That's fine. <laughs> so I want to start with something I like to talk to Commission about. I dropped something in the Discord real fast for all of us. Do we know what that is? That I just dropped in uh, Discord. I I know what it is. I know absolutely. What is that, Beth? That's the flag of Louisiana. It's the flag of Louisiana. And I learned and it's something. vampire from. birds. Okay. I, so yeah. I did not know this. Favorite. The pelican is volning itself. Volning is the heraldic term for wounding itself. And that there's this whole history of pelicans. Believe, people believe that pelicans would give their young their own blood if there were nothing else to eat. Kamish, did you know this about your flag? Uh, You know, like. In Texas, you all have to take Texas history. Yes. In Louisiana, we have to take Louisiana history. So yes, I did know this. How do you feel about having or something? How do you feel about having blood on your flag? I I really feel like nobody ever notices the blood on the flag. <laughs> so it was a problem for a long time because it's yeah. in the description. Apparently, Louisiana law until two thousand like nine just said a white pelican. It didn't list how many chicks there were, if there was a nest, like anything else. Just the pelican yeah. had to be white. Yep. This is the most jazz flag imaginable. And you yeah. know what's funny Here's about the, the pelican? Make a flag. The, the pelican having to be white, but the state bird is the brown pelican. Right. Yep. That's Perfect. the only thing that's wrong. Is that makes, it's just... makes makes no sense. <laughs> I, but this I, is what I grew up with, Louisiana. We don't make any sense. I, I just <laughs> I just learned this fact today. That is a pelican volning. It is hurting itself to feed its blood to its gung, which actually isn't a thing. It is just a metaphor for Christianity <laughs> or Catholicism, Catholicism specifically. I have always wondered if this is one of those situations where someone saw a pelican doing something they didn't understand and just made up a story, or if this is the classic like medieval person who's never seen a lion describes a lion it's and everyone just rolls with it. It seems to honestly be a bit of both from what I can tell. But this thing has been around since like medieval time. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to yeah. also drop a picture of one of the favorite things I saw today. When the Apparently, this was a Scottish donate blood thing during World <laughs> War II. And it's got your blood can save a life over the Scottish flag. And look there. It's a pelican feeding blood to its young. Who are nesting in a World War One helmet. Yes, of course it is. 
I just love I love it. Like real pelicans never do this. No. But but you know, since the Middle Ages, people they just they describe this as this weird <laughs> spirit of self sacrifice. Uh, <laughs> it's just so weird that it's still prevalent to this day. It's just really really ridiculous. I mean, I, listen, there are real pelicans and then there are the realist pelicans. I, I loved the idea, though, that it had a heraldic note that it's not just, oh, it's a, oh, this is a pel- a brown pelican volning from the Latin voln. It's just I hit, I wound, I strike. So as soon as as soon as like Beth was like the realist pelicans, mm-hmm. I, I went back into my No Limit Soldiers days. Yeah. And, and basically, <laughs> I just thought of I just thought of the. Uh, you know the pelican is just asking if you if you bout it bout it, uh, but <laughs> it's a real pelican. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. Oh, I learned I learned my new God. things today. This is great. Oh my God. Uh, Amateur ornithological heraldry. It's uh-huh. our passion. I'm never gonna look at the the flag the same now. Nah, so I nah, appreciate nah. the realist Master pelican. P, Master P stands for Master Pelican. <laughs> Oh, God, it does now. It does now. <laughs> Absolutely does now. I was just going to make a comment about this is where Catholic guilt comes from, but the commissions, the commissions, I mean, this whole, this is way better, way better. Speaking of guilt, how did your youth soccer coach debut go? Coach Kamish. Man, I mean, are you going to grill me like press conference style? Let's, but let's, this let's was, hear the summary first. Come on. All right. So this was the most hilarious, fun time I've ever had. Yeah. It was incredibly hectic. There was so many different things that caught me completely off guard about coaching. Just to even get all the parents rounded up with the kids mm-hmm. to start, like the practice before, was incredibly hectic. The game started. It was just chaos the entire time. I don't think I stopped smiling and laughing throughout the entire time. Good. You did it right then. Good. I mean, we don't take official score, but it was weird. Like some of the kids on my team were like, yeah, it's we, we won 4-3. And I'm like, oh, okay. There's like no scoreboard. The kids the kids knew. Yeah, they they absolutely knew. Know. I'm a very much a believer in a lot of these squishy things of not too much competition early on, things like that, not taking things too seriously. But I'm also very much of the belief that kids know what the score is. Oh, yeah. Kids always know what the score is. Mm-hmm. They, they totally knew. It was just a madhouse, honestly. What formation did you go with? It's, it's, it's a 5v5. Yeah. And uh, apparently it was just like an Amoeba 5. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where, where they would just run all over the place. But two of the kids found themselves like, whatever, I'm going to do. I'm going to be goalie because I'm tired. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there, there was other kids on the other team that was just like like a herd of three. And then there was like a goalie and they had like a sweeper in the back. Sure. But yeah, anytime the ball got were, through, uh-huh. he, would just, he would just kick it as far as possible. <laughs> Controlled chaos. By Coach Kamish's team here. I'm glad Team Turbo Power did so well. I did. Excited. We did. Ability big time. We did silence the Super Strikers. You know, they they got their goals. One kid had a hat trick for them, but oh. that, we 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 shut everybody else down. You could you can't stop number ten. You could only hope to contain him. <laughs> we we had some goalies that that made a great save. Very physical game, really. At one point, which you know, I I'm the coach and also the referee. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> Along with the other coach, did you tell yourself good? Ga- did you tell yourself good call, and then have to immediately censor yourself? Yes, <laughs> totally. Basically, the the end lines, like the out of bounds, were just like kind of like a suggestion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, like, yeah. parents were just kicking the ball back into play. Extremely physical game. I I almost got decapitated by a kid's shoe. Okay, uh, like it it flew off and was flying at me, but I ducked and got out the way. 
A, a very George Bushian <laughs> response. I'm yes, impressed. yes, very nice. You know, I, I, my my team was locked in from the very beginning when we won the uh, rock paper scissors coin toss they were ready to go my son scored a goal and yeah. you know he was the first one to get us off the scoring but i mean what can you say he's a coach's kid uh, he's a gym rat a real first one in. A real real first leader on in. the field first one in last one out you know just just a field general he, he was the captain coach on the field um, yeah I got coach you. on the field you know just just amazing big big time hustle a lot of a lot of, lot of fun there what was our um, what was our snack situation coach snack situation uh really at the end which we got the snacks we had had them all line up they shook hands and then we did a parent tunnel that they run through. Okay. Congratulations. That was yeah. awesome. And then they got snacks. I believe it was some goldfish, little tiny cutie oranges in uh, those, Ziploc yeah. containers, along with a little tiny, you know, water bottle. Cause you got to keep the kiddos hydrated. It, it was in, it was in the 90s out there and I had a black coach's shirt on. I may have lost a little weight, which, which could work out. Cause really my Fitbit said I, I ran about five miles. I can imagine my, it did. My soccer, <laughs> my soccer tracker. <laughs> I swear. It was amazing. I do want to say that the constant pressure that uh, that Team Turbo Power put on the Super Strikers yeah. wound up in the winning own goal. Just because the pressure, the, the kid on the Super Strikers did not know what to do. He just, you know, basically decided to give up and put it in his own net because he just couldn't deal with the press. Panicked. Yeah, just panicked. Yeah, it happened. That's right. Uh, when playing out of the bat goes wrong. When's your next game? The 14th. We have this week coming up off. Ooh, the er- an early buy. Ooh, an early we got an early bye week. God. So uh, it's only a six-game season, but they feel like we need an early bye week. Well, we're excited to hear more about your career going forward, what snacks we got. Coach, are you looking to possibly add in some other single-celled organisms as you know future formations? I know you tried out the amoeba and the pseudopods really worked out for you, but like, do you have like, is there a pyramecium in our future? What are you thinking? I, I really don't know what I would do there, but you know, I, it really just matters is to have a really good captain to be your mitochondria because that is the powerhouse of the cell. So. <laughs> Stuck the landing. Oh, God. That was beautiful. God, God. Perfect. Thank you. No more questions. Go team. <laughs> Go Turbo Power. I'm going to bump your Airbud World Pup movie review a little bit it's later on. You can, you can, we don't even have to go into it. If we get there, we um, get there. I'll pop it. If we get to the Airbud World Pup, there's many inconsistencies in this, and I would like to discuss it. But if we get to it, we get to That's it. That's good. I am, I am furious at the movie's continuity, but we can skip that for now. Katie and I want to talk about Formula One. Katie, did you watch the game last night? I'm sorry, did you watch the race last night live? I watched it this morning, though, okay. which is the perfect way to watch it for a lot of reasons. Because I watched it. Okay, were you the one tweeting? I was it, it was it. me and Joey. Joey and I both. You guys it. kill it every race. We, I love it so much. Joey was tweeting WrestleMania, and he stayed up straight through because he's young and can do that. I needed a nap, so I went to sleep at 10. And I woke up at 11.30 expecting a grid walk. There was no grid walk because Martin Brendel was not Someone- there. Okay, someone texted me this morning and was asking me about it. And I was like, I don't know. I didn't try to watch. There was no um, grid walk. He was apparently back in Britain. This is... Okay. Unfortunately, he would have really enjoyed this. I think he would have too. So I'm going to ask the other three folks who are like not quite as F1-y as we are. Have you heard anything about this race, Andrew? No, I have no context. I know some things about F1. I've watched a little bit, but I have not followed this race. Kamish, do you know anything about this one besides just a little bit? So basically, I know it's complete chaos. I I saw a bunch of the tweets on the timeline. I did not watch the race. I did not have a chance to do it, even though technically I probably was up at some point in time because I haven't got much sleep. But really, I kind of know the outcome of it, but I, I know it was just absolutely 
insane and this is why you want to talk about it so and i assume beth that you are you were just trying to survive the last couple of days so yep okay so guys i have in the show notes the points there and i want you to know that this is all a fabrication this what you sing right here this is a lie it is a truth that we are told because this is how the race ended but this is not described the race if you'll notice that there's aston martin in third and fourth which again makes no sense Alonso maybe, but not Lance Stroll. You'll notice that Ferrari ended up out of the points. Notice that it was only one Ferrari car. In fact, the 12 I've shown you here, those are the only cars to finish the race. And when I say finish the race, oh no, that's also a lie because some of these didn't, some of these didn't always quite make it to the end because on, after they finished the race, another, yet another car broke down. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> 12 cars finished this race. There were three red flags. In F1, a red well, flag basically means that... Finished. Finished. Yes. Oh, God. In no. the biggest of quotes here. Uh, <laughs> in F1, a red flag means the race has to stop. They go into the pits. They wait till track clears. So there were. this is the only time they've ever had three red flags in a single race. F1 races are not that long. I have a question. Yeah. I watched every race last season... I missed like the first three, mm -hmm. I think. I don't remember any red flags. I, I, well, I'm sure there was one or two, They're but it was rare. Usually hardly any. The only time I remember last season it stopping like this was in Singapore for the rain, That's which was another whole disaster. That's usually the only time thing you see yes. nowadays. Yes. You don't see a red flag for track debris usually because usually it's not a huge problem. So right. problem one, yes. okay. we start okay. this race. Yes. And Katie, you're going to help to help me flush this out. We yes. start this race. Boom. Turn three. Charles Leclerc's car. Did not make it past the turn. The Ferrari goes yeah. out. He hit, he is up in the gravel. He's stranded. Lance Stroll clipped him, technically. It was maybe Charles's fault, too, though. And I'm a Ferrari fan, but yeah. he, yeah, I don't know who's, it, yeah. Ferrari won, out. Great. We're already starting just, we're already starting on top. Then George Russell, the best boy in the Mercedes, gets ahead, followed by Lewis. We have Mercedes 1-2 for a while. And he was then. was the bad lad for a minute. And he was then, the bad lad. We get a red flag on lap eight. Alex Albon's car crashes and the Which, red the red flag was called right away oh, it's sad because he was in p6 yes the williams were up in p6 it was so, oh, it was and, such a good race for him so far sorry and you have the red flag isn't called right away so it was a safety car first so because george russell was in the lead he gets the first option to pit so mercedes tells george to come in he wants to come in to come in lewis is a little pissy about that once george is in the pit and lewis is in first then they red flag so those spots are locked George is back in like sixth or seventh. Lewis is in first. Everyone goes in. Everyone's getting new tires. This just be a one-stop race. A one or like just hard tires the whole way. They were ready for this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we're locked in. Wait for about 10, 15 minutes. I watched some Australian rules football. We're back. <laughs> then we have like Lewis, Hamilton in lead. And then you've got like Max Verstappen right behind him. And Max is just like on a, like the Red Bull is a fucking fast car, right? Max not only passes Lewis within the first couple of turns, Max is like 10 seconds ahead. He's having a nice Sunday drive. We're back to this again, where the Red Bull is just on a nice Sunday drive, 10 seconds ahead. And of course, what happens to George Russell's car? It's on fire. <clears throat> Something with a powertrain happened and the car just literally lights itself on fire and he's out. So it looks like a rocket because yes. all the fire is coming out of the back. It looks, like, it looks like when you, when you start in Mario Kart with the stupid, with a special start, that's yes. what it looked like. Yes. That's what it looked it like. It kind of did. Yes. And so we have a sort of pretty boring race. Like Lewis really can't get ahead. All the cars are kind of pushing each other pretty hard because they're all trying to creep up. There's a big gap between one and two, like 10 seconds, 12 seconds. It gets there big. is until Verstappen runs across the grass with no one around he him. He falls and asleep. Loses, loses like four seconds. 
it, for it, no reason. It looks like you ever like been like half asleep driving on the highway and you drive over the rumble strip just a little bit to jolt yourself awake. That's what it looked like. Okay, so we're on lap 56 at this point, 58. It is is not a great race. It's pretty just like chalky. But then Kevin Magnuson's Haas hits a wall. It decided it didn't like its tire, so the tire flew. This tire went airborne. There was a wheel but no tire left. And they call a red. And at this point, everyone's fucking furious because this race has settled in. Alonzo's in third in the in the alpha. Like things are just good. Carlos Sainz is climbing back up. He'd had a bad start, but was like fighting for it. Sergio Perez, same thing. And then we get stopped and it's only two laps left and everyone's starting to talk. Okay, what happens now? Because when you restart from a stop, you have to have one lap under safety car. You have to have a formation lap, basically. And that counts as a lap of the race. All of a sudden we're going, okay, that's only two laps left, but only like one real lap because, and then there's no DRS then, which means you can't use the extra turbo button. Everyone's captured together. Verstappen is no longer 10 seconds ahead of Lewis. Verstappen is a place in front of Lewis. And they go, okay, well, this is going to be fun. We're going to start this thing and see what happens. And guys, I want you to click on the, uh, or here, I'll, I'll stream this. It's basically like a sprint race. Everyone's got new tires. They're all in softs now. We are just like going to drop the hammer. For the third time this afternoon, five lights are on. It's lights out. Away we go. Hamilton gets away. Well, Verstappen comes over to try and cut him off and does so. Verstappen leads. Fernando Alonso tries to go around the outside. Hamilton's in second oh, place. There we go. God. <laughs> oh, no. It gets better. It gets better. <laughs> oh, my it God. It gets way better. And there is Esteban There's pieces Ice. flying. Oh, God. What is flying? Yeah. Snoped out of that turn. Seen their hopes of a double podium or a race win absolutely <laughs> evaporated. Then we've got another red flag. That should be the race over now. Let's see. They give us a couple of options on this view. Gasly, Those are the two Alpines who have knocked each other out. Oh dear. Aston Martin and Alpine having a nightmare <laughs> of a resumption here. Verstappen stayed ahead the, the of one Hamilton guy, he's just and Sainz like, in third. Nico Hulkenberg up to fourth. Nikki Norris, Piastri, Joe, Bottas and Perez will all be scoring points if we don't get a restart here. But that was absolute <laughs> chaos. This car stranded in the gravel. Here we another view. Alonso watch. then thinks like there will be a gap around the outside. Sainz down the inside here. Gasly locks up, just avoids Alonso. Sainz tags his fellow countryman, spins him around. <laughs> Checo Perez gets avoided. And then we see the two Ocon, uh, the two Alpines coming together. Here, yeah, yeah, it was all caused by the contact between Carlos and, uh, yeah, and there, Fernando. There are the two Alpines. Where the two Alpines got to, oh, there they are. Oh. oh, but there's the Red Bull. Who finished, who finished right. third? It was uh, I'll, everything so I'll talk was about that in a second, at the restart okay. there. Uh, we see cars skidding off into the gravel. Perez losing it, and that's the contact <laughs> with the oh, two Alpines. Uh, up Sass Just now to you. Chaos and carnage. The pit wall, your reaction to what I mean, happened everybody to your cars, with everybody with the surrender cobras yeah yeah just just nothing but wow. surrender cobras the crew reactions are amazing so the pit crew is like they're just helpless verstappen oh and lewis clear the first two turns signs hits alonzo albans knocks each other out you got other cars in the gravel and then after all of this red flagged again they go back in and that means they're red flagged on the with one lap left they didn't count this lap there was a whole lot of conversation of will they count this lap or not did they get through enough sectors they get to get through a certain part of the track for it to count and otherwise they go back to what was back ahead of time except you have to be able to get your car across the line under its own power when they do one last formation lap so the alpines who are up close 
would have ended up way higher up, but because their cars were out, they couldn't finish the race. Like the one last like like lap around the track they have to take. And then with all of this, we're waiting 10, 15 minutes. We're almost pushing up against like the, the three hour time limit because F1 races have a time limit to finish. Otherwise they just drop them. Which came into play last year in Singapore. Yes. yes. And so all of a sudden they tell Carlos Sainz, who was up like fourth or fifth. He was in fourth. Fourth. That he has a yeah. five second penalty, but there's no driving left to do. You have this situation where they have to take a lap behind the safety car, which means they're all going at like half speed. But everyone behind Carlos Sainz is trying to stay within five seconds of him because that time will count on this not real lap. So instead of just like tagging on the time at the very end and just being like, oh, at the end you have a penalty. They actually told him they had the penalty on that last lap around. It was absolute chaos. And that's how you get Lewis Hamilton only being 0.17 seconds behind Verstappen. It, well, that was not the case of this race. Yeah. But that's what ended up happening. And Good, you can see where science would have ended up if you add five seconds to his time. He would have ended up in a battle. I'm glad I didn't. I didn't watch this one with the kiddo because he would have been upset. Uh, if, if Carlos getting the penalty. Oh yeah, uh, that's his favorite driver. He's he's Carlos Carlos Science. I mean, just like he would have been really really upset. <laughs> Carlos would have got the penalty. He would have been distraught. I probably would have had to turn it off and deal with that. But I, I'm glad I didn't watch it. Old man Alonso gets third. So mm-hmm. uh, Wait, well, I can't say old man Alonso because he's my age. For God's sake. (laughs) I mean, the the, the Verstappen, Hamilton, Alonso, one, two, three, that makes total sense. Like, if you look at that, you go, okay, whatever. Times are weird, but that's fine. It's everything else that all of a sudden, like, the the, the truths of this race come cracking down. The fact that only 12 drivers finished is insane. Oh, yeah. My sister and I, so we got up this morning and watched it together. Um, We were over at the beach this weekend. And so we're watching it on my phone. I will say, especially because I would have been angry if I'd been up and had to wait through all this. Mm -hmm. But having woken up and being able to fast forward through, like, it was perfect. We were so entertained by all of it, especially on lot 56 when all of that stuff happened. And then they restart. We're both, like, giggling, watching, like, all of this just unfold. I do want to point out a few things. Number one, I'm very sad because this is the last um, race for the Pink Alpines. Oh. And I love the Pink Alpines. They're beautiful. Also, one of the commentators, and I wish I paid attention because I wasn't, I was trying to watch the race, kept cheering for Yuki and P11 because there has never been a driver who has finished the same position four races in a row. And if he finished P11 in this race, he would have finished the same position four races in a row. But he's pulling against him getting points. And I just, I can't support that. I was very upset about that. Uh, Except for first place. Plenty of drivers have won first place. Yes, I'm sorry. You're right. Yes, you're right. No one has gotten another position three or four races. I can't remember what the record was. Correct. Yes. But yeah, Um, because of because of Carlos Sainz's fuck up, it moves it moved Yuki up a spot into the points, and the commentators were upset about it. It's very (laughs) rude. It's very rude. Um, And then I think we did already mention that this is the first F1 race ever that's had three red flags, which is insane. It was a fun race to watch, and when you could fast forward through, it was not fun at two thirty this morning. I would have been angry. It's probably all of our fault for uh, causing the chaos by making fun of Australia's time zones. It's true. So you probably did speak that. Into we, we spoke that into existence, and then we babbled the time zones. We probably caused this. You're welcome, or we're sorry, F1 fans. The first three races were kind of boring, so we were due for some some shenanigans. George Russell also at one a.m. So this was absolutely flamed out. Tweets out when he gets back to the paddock. When it's not your day, it's not your day. And hey, Russell, I got you, my friend. It definitely was not your day. Also, can we talk about really quickly, speaking of Fernando um, being the old man on the grid, his vibes this season, he is the happiest driver 
on the entire grid. Oh, he's like just like he's elated because he's he's in an alpha. No one expected him to do anything. All of a sudden, the alpha car is actually driving well. Aston, Aston Martin. Oh, Aston. Oh god, the alpha Romeo oh, no, is no, not no, no, doing the alpha, well. No. Uh, and all of a sudden, like. He's back up with his old buddy Lewis. They've got a good old man yes. rivalry going on. Max can do whatever the fuck he wants. Max is gonna be Max is gonna complain about things, whatever. No one cares. I also have to show yeah. you guys one picture of Lewis Hamilton during break. Because uh I did not realize that Lewis Hamilton was well, I knew he was 38. I did not realize that he is he's a very well built 38-year-old. There were lots of thirsty tweets about this. I gotta find the one I'm looking for. Thirsty Lewis Hamilton tweets here? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. All right. Here we go. Yeah, I'll drop this into the Discord for y'all. Oh. Wow. Oh yeah. Like that's. I, you remember this. Yeah. I can't do that. I'm 38 year old oh, man. Sure you I could. Can't, I can't bend over like what? that. I can't touch my. No. Okay. I cannot touch my toes, and I absolutely cannot grab what? my toes. I'm just gonna tell you this. Maybe a little bit too graphic, but I'm able to touch my toes in the shower every morning. That's go. one thing that I do every morning to just to check my <laughs> flexibility. Uh, so I can't bend that far. But I can touch the toes. That's just just one thing that I do. Now I'll be honest. I've never been able to touch my toes. Right. Same. Ever, ever, ever. I used to be very, very bendy and flexible in high school. So I I used to be able to do splits while playing first base. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> That's wild. That's okay. Never that, mind. Probably that. not anymore. But I mean, I could probably work up to it again eventually. Well, but I I'll rip out a hamstring right now if I try it immediately. But I was flexible at one time. But. You know, now everything hurts. So oh, I'm going to take Jordan, some ibuprofen I... just thinking about this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about some April Fool's jokes by teams and what, what we were caught by and what we weren't. I'm going to admit that I got caught by the general booty going to tight end Oklahoma tweet. That actually caught me as I thought that was real because he hasn't been a great quarterback. <laughs> and I was like, okay, they're going to shift him over. He's a little big. That makes sense to me. I messed that up. My bad. Yeah, I, have, we, I have said his middle name really... on here before. Have I? We didn't. We really didn't do any. We didn't want to do any jokes or anything like that. We just t- decided to turn it to April, April Blues Day, yes. which we just posted nothing but bluey all day long from all of our accounts. So ho- hopefully everybody enjoyed that. And uh, if you couldn't tell before, you do have some parents uh, running the Sickos Committee account. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> the April Fool's joke that hurt me the most were the sad Yukon Husky because They're I just so desperately want those. So good. Those looked great. I knew they weren't real. I was sad they weren't real, but I wanted them. Yeah, that just made me angry. I was so looking forward to rooting as hard as I possibly could for UConn all year. And nope. You would have had us. Yeah, you would have. I also liked Goldie the Gopher saying he was transferring to Wisconsin. That's just really messed up that Goldie the Gopher entered the transfer portal. You know, again, Luke Fickle, he's a great recruiter. And then That's right, Luke Fickle's at Wisconsin. Let's say, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. (laughs) Then then, uh, our friends over at Good Bull Hunting said that the joke that Texas A&M and Arkansas were going to leave for the Big 12 as early as 2024. Did you guys see what the St. Louis Battlehawks, the XFL team, said? I did, I did not. Oh. I didn't. Okay. I'll read it out loud. Following a vote from XFL owners, the Battlehawks have been officially approved to relocate to the greater Los Angeles area. And we'll do so oh for the 2024 God. season. Mm. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Too much. Too, Too much. soon, oh. Battlehawks. Oh, my God. Looking yeah, forward to building funny. a world-class oh. franchise in Inglewood. That's just mean. This move isn't about whether we I, love St. Louis Rams fans, but I'm rather about here. what That's is the best interests of the Battlehawk organization. That is, <laughs> no, that guys. is rough. No, guys. They did have to explain the joke immediately afterwards. They did post a we're not going anywhere image. Yeah, right the same below, thing. Which, this one got me for a full 10 seconds of reading. I wish someone would have got it in my, pick up my face while reading. 
And then, like, there were just replies, like, read the room. Yeah. Like, this is not good. <laughs> like, people were just like, <laughs> too soon. It was wonderful. That was that was definitely out of nowhere. They were not somebody. Happy. Somebody looked like they were hurt by this joke, and he he fought <clears throat> back a little. Little. He was a little upset. He said, "I knew this was a joke because it mentions the XFL in 2024 in the same sentence." That was Ooh. that was kind of. That was, oh. I mean, again, again, the Battlehawks, Battlehawks, you brought this on yourself by doing this, yeah. right? This is what happened. For a little XFL context for the weekend, we did close our circle of sicko for the XFL because the 0-6 Orlando Guardians, led by Quentin Dormandy, who was taken off the team because they accused him of, of sharing the playbook, and he was acquitted and came back, and he led the 0-6 Orlando Guardians to a win over the 6-0 and DC Defenders this weekend. Wow. It was huge. Exonerated. Exonerated. No, guys committed. Any given Saturday, Sunday, Monday, or Thursday, whatever days they play, yeah, yeah, or whatever days they play. Do I need to go to like an Orlando Guardians game? I feel like I do. I was, I I was going to go to a Bromley go before they cases out there anymore. I know before it shut down. (laughs) They swear they're coming back. They they swear up and down they're coming back. Only three more weeks. This is three more weeks of the regular season, then a two week playoff. Okay, I might try to do it. If commission can get tickets to the XFL championship game in San Antonio. Oh, I, I, I mean, it's here in San Antonio. It I, is. I'm, I may have to go. Maybe I can get media credentials. For... I, I bet you can. I really yeah. bet you can. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think this would be a hard one. Like yeah. No, this isn't like, this isn't like the Alamo bowl. I think you're going to be okay. Yeah. The Alamo bowl is a little bit too uptight for yeah, me. Especially, is... especially with the Longhorns. Yeah. Like when oh, the yeah. Longhorns yeah. get involved, it's, it's like they were a little uptight. So I was like, maybe. You know, the Brahma is a different version of, so. of a Longhorn. I think uh, so. I can get in. When the hell is that, by the way? I don't know. Three or four weeks from now? XFL title game. Look it up. May 13th. Um, is that Mother's Day? No. There's no way in hell I can do that. No, May 13th is, is Saturday. Okay. You're fine. At, at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 6 p.m. Okay. local? Yeah, you got that. Uh, yeah, well... Uh, so so seven local, but yes. Uh, XFL, uh, sorry, the USFL also kicks off on April fifteenth. We'll have some overlap here, guys. All right. So let's talk about women's basketball first. I want to say that I was I was sad I didn't get a chance because Kiddo was being sort of a dipshit about it. I didn't get a chance to go to the D three and D two title games like I wanted to. Congrats to Transylvania and our friend Arch for winning the D three championship, completing a perfect <laughs> season. Their coach, who wore a delightful bat themed blouse. So good. By the way, they, the team is the Pioneers, but they use a bat as their mascot. So it all works out. Also want to give a shout out to Ashland D2, D2 Women's Championship. Ashland also completed a perfect season. And their coach is the only player who, or the only coach who's ever won a national title as a player, an assistant coach, and a coach, and all at the same school. Wow. That's a player awesome. there. That's impressive. A coach yeah. and a head coach. So those were really two great games. And then we had our women's final four. Both of those games were absolute bangers. First off, Iowa beat South Carolina, sending Iowa to their first final four, their first championship in school history. And the story of the day is Caitlin Clark just going to town in South Carolina. She's pretty good. Yeah. I, I think so. She's, she's pretty good. You know, I mean, how many points did Iowa have? And she had like, what, 41? And then she assisted... Uh, or scored all of the points in the fourth quarter against South Carolina. It, it was it 75% was amazing. of the game. Amazing. And here's the thing. South Carolina, Zia Cook had 40 points. Sorry, had 24 points on her own and played 40 minutes. Like they, South Carolina was in this thing the whole time. 
they ended up coming up a little short 77 73 but honestly it was a really great game just wanted to give a shout out to uh what was the player uh Cisnano, uh monica Cisnano for iowa i i love her she's amazing like i know caitlin clark was doing all the scoring and everything but she was just doing all the dirty work down low and uh, apparently, I think Nicole Auerbach wrote an article about her that she never dribbles. She she never dribbles. Like, she just, never dribbles the ball. She's in the post all the time. Yep. Never dribbling. Like, it's just automatic it go. Up. It's amazing. It's, it's nuts. Like, gets the ball. She's going up. I mean, she's she's not that big compared to what South Carolina had. Like, I think, what was it? Uh, was it Cardoza, I, I guess? is like 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, yeah, it's yeah she's South really Carolina. tall. She's really and tall. And then, like, Cisnato's like 6'3". Like so she's just like you know, just battling in there with like somebody that's five inches taller than her. Just amazing. I, I may have to buy one of her shirts. Honestly, somebody somebody linked one of her, uh, I guess NIL deals. I may have to buy one of those. Big big fan of hers. The other side of this game, the late game was the rock fight between LSU and Miami. This game was uh, no 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 no. Virginia Tech. Oh, sorry. I'm in, I'm in totally in the wrong thing. You're right. Never mind. I'm so sorry. And that was that Listen, was the more, that was the all game. former Big East teams are the same. When you click on women's basketball, it, okay, no, I did the wrong thing apparently. Oh. No, sorry, I was looking at the, sorry, I was looking at the Elite Eight game between LSU and Miami. Sorry. Oh. L, sorry, LSU, LSU, Virginia Tech. Sorry, my bad. Again, it was just a really great game. Both games that night were amazing, and the crowds were just there. Like the crowds at the American Airlines Center in Dallas were absolutely jumping. We realized at one point that on Friday we had, or it was, it was the Renegades game on Friday or Saturday? I can't remember what Friday. it was. Was Friday? Friday, Sunday. That's right. So I we ended up with a Taylor Swift concert in Dallas in in Arlington, a XFL game in Arlington, and this in Dallas at the same time. It was quite a good weekend for Dallas sports and events thing. So we can talk as much or as little as we want about the the title game today. Today in the title game, LSU wins 102 to 85 for Iowa in a game that had a lot of commentary on it. <laughs> the first thing I want to say is that I did think that the refs were way over extended on this game, trying to police thing and call calls that I didn't think were necessarily worth calling. It was not good. It wasn't good. Someone said that this was the best thing they could have done for gender equality in NCAA sports is by refing the women's game as badly as they ref the men's game. So <laughs> that's yeah. kind of fun. I'm sorry. That's, that's kind of funny. That's that's my stuff. No, it was uh it, I think there was a stat that I, I found on the this it goes college basketball account it said that this was the most fouls they've ever called in a national championship game for the women's game by 10 fouls so they had 37 foul calls the most fouls they had in one single game was actually earlier in this tournament where they had 52 foul calls earlier in the tournament i think it was between james madison and ohio state in the first round of this tournament yeah, that was 52 cool. foul calls. Like 37 foul calls, which was ridiculous. Everybody was in foul trouble. It was it was just not good watching. And we can talk a little bit about a little about LSU's coach. I'm gonna say just the lightest of things, and that I can't remember her name, which should tell you something. Give me your name. Kim Good. Kim Mulkey. Yes. Kim Mulkey spent more time on the court than I thought she did off the court. There yep. were times when she was literally running into the refs. Yes. And just um, talking shit at them. And she gets and she got no calls on it, which just saying. I, I don't know what happened there. I mean, she was doing that throughout the entire tournament. Like yes. she had carte blanche just to run on the court all the time. And I mean, really, she's like on the court almost at the three point line, like guarding <laughs> Caitlin Clark herself uh, at some point, which I'm surprised some Iowa uh, or Virginia Tech player, honestly, 
uh, in their game before didn't like accidentally try to dribble into the coach. Yeah. Because I would have like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not that great of a player, so I probably couldn't have pulled it off. But I mean, like she was in the, the court of play almost as bad as the DoorDash delivery guy from the Duquesne. Yeah, I more so. I'm going to argue <laughs> yeah, more so. Further on the court and didn't have delicious McDonald's. So. Didn't have delicious McDonald's delivered <laughs> from the Dukes. <laughs> I, I'm also I I'm also going to again as as gently as possible say that I'm glad Caitlin Clark talks shit. It's a lot of fun. I love her shit talking. But also when you're on the losing side of it, expect to get shit talked back to her. I assume that she's fine. Oh, because yeah. she seems the kind of person where if you talk if she talks shit and someone she gets beat and someone's talking shit back to her, cool. I deserve that. Like that's that's fine. That's what it should be. I think we can actually zoom out and make it like a the team that wins, it seems like now, feels like they were disrespected and that they have to play that up even after they've won the national championship. Like Georgia did the same thing. Yes. Like that. Like there were players that were saying, Oh, y'all thought we were gonna go seven and five. Literally nobody thought that. That was one of the best teams of all time. Yeah. And LSU was trying to pull the same thing. It was just kind of a strange narrative to choose. Like, I don't know. Just lean into it. Like it we, we were awesome. Things were great. I talk shit because I had shit I talked at me and yeah. I won. Yeah. And that's, and that's fine. That's sports. That's everything. That's why I don't talk trash, honestly, because yeah. it, it's bit me in the ass way too many times. So I never talk trash anymore. Yeah. But, but also, but then again, I'm not, then again, I'm not good enough at most things to be able to talk trash about it. So I don't, if I Ooh. were that good, I would. And then I would eat my fucking lunch, eat my, you know, eat my breakfast leftovers when someone threw it back at me. And I think that it's very disingenuous for a lot of folks. And we'll say it's mostly online, just people clutching their pearls on, oh my, how can people talk like oh, that? Oh, and it's, oh, of course, it's got oh no. classist undertones and racial undertones and yeah, they, nerd they, undertones. They, they, and I'm definitely can, not going into that crazy multi-level nuance conversation because we'd probably have to have a, a multi-part podcast on, on something like that. The one thing I just want to break it down to is, you know, congratulations to LSU. It's weird being, I guess, like an LSU fan and being like, hey, I love the players. I love like the girl that didn't play at all and just went unconscious in the first half, like hitting like mm-hmm. like so many threes out of out of control. Just amazing. I, you know, something like that. I love the players. And it's just weird to have to root for a team where you don't necessarily appreciate the coach yeah. as a person. And you got to like divorce yourself from that to, to cheer for the, the players that actually essentially get the things done on the court. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to get it done, and so it puts you in a weird position. It's it's like you have to be some sort of like you feel a little bit like a villain cheering for your own favorite team sometimes. Um, but you know, again, it, it 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 sucks for a bunch of the LSU fans that have to go through that dilemma. I'm sure they're happy with the title, but it it feels I don't know. It, like you have to like separate the coach from the team, and it's congrats to the you know the Tigers, and and I, I know they're excited because I mean they won. They went to the Final Four, like, what, five years in a row and got eliminated in the Final Four. Didn't even make the title game in those five years um, with, like, Simone Augustus and uh, Sylvia Fowles back in the day. So, I mean, it's fantastic that they finally broke through and got the title. I'm happy. I'm happy for the Tigers and and all of Baton Rouge and celebrating the win. And their 50th NCAA title in any sport, number 5-0, which is hell impressive. That's amazing. So, I mean, it's great. LSU, I love Iowa. The, their team was amazing, too. It, it sucks, like, when you get to a title game and you don't want – I mean, like, somebody's got to lose and it sucks. You don't want them to lose. You both wish they could, like, share the title, but but that's not sports. And if this hadn't been such a rough show, I think 
there probably would have been a lot more of that. This just feels, yeah. it just feels like we can all name title games in our, that we can think of where in any sport where it didn't live up for whatever reason, because it was a ref show because it was, someone was injured that sort of threw the whole thing off, whatever, whatever. Like there's all those, we all have those things in our minds where it just doesn't always add up. You know, the, the ref show, I mean, as soon as you say ref show, I think about like the Sacramento Kings, LA Lakers game seven, 2001. Yeah. Uh, the ref show mm-hmm. back then. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, you know, th- those, you know, again, I'm a Saints fan, a lack of ref show in an NFC title game. So, you know, I understand that. So, I mean, having things like that more a title game or a championship game is never good. One thing that I will say after the game was over, I mean, everybody was talking about how bad the officiating was. And then the controversy of the trash talking between, you know, Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark doing the you can't see me thing, which you can't see me do this because this is podcasting. Yeah, he's but, doing it. Uh, he's doing the, yeah, he's doing the I, thing. I'm doing it. I'm doing it you he's know, doing right? the thing. Can you see me? No, you can't see me. Oh, uh, but God. it's great because there's a huge discourse that's going on on Twitter right now. And it makes me feel like that women's basketball has made it with the ratings and the crazy high ticket prices. So I feel like that's it's awesome and, and it's great for the sport. And it's going to grow it. I know Andrew, uh, you know, our, our big sickos, college basketball Twitter account, probably one of the main tweeters. I, I'm sure I'd love to hear your opinion about that, too. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely gotten there, especially there were years where there were teams that were so dominant. And I think everybody thought that that would be another one of these years this year with South Carolina. But they didn't they didn't pull it out in the final four. They they played. Iowa played their best game and South Carolina played not their best game. So to have a final where Iowa gets through in that level and they have just a generational talent in in Clark and then LSU with, I think, like nine new players. So something worked in gelling the team together with Angel Reese coming in as a transfer and all these other transfers. So to give kind of an analysis in that regard, I think it was really cool that there's not, I mean, it's, it's amazing sometimes when there's one dominant team. I think we've been seeing that with Georgia and, and college football in Alabama a few years before that. But I think to have kind of that maybe a group of like eight to 10 teams that, oh, who's going to win it of those eight to 10? Yeah. I think that that would be a great place mm-hmm. for college basketball to be in. And we'll see how that's going to go next year. Iowa won't be as good because Sonano, I think, is graduating. But Clark will be back. I mean, she can't, you can't go to the WNBA until you're 22, which is kind of a, a crazy rule. But that's insane. That's, kind of that's insane. But, uh, that's that's uh, that's the that's the long and short of it for me. So it's exciting. I mean, there's some teams that have question marks like Stanford. I don't know what's going on there because their their best two players are both graduating too. So there's a few there's a few places where we're not sure what's gonna what next year's gonna bring. But I think that there's national attention and and like exactly what Kamish was saying. It's exciting. It's an exciting time. And I've gotten way more into it personally. I mean, I can just say that from my own getting into it. The teams that I follow are good now. So it's where it's. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to sound mean and say, oh, it's more worth watching now, but it's certainly like a compelling product that that's doing really well. So it's a shame that the national title game was kind of a kind of a sham because of the officiating, but it, it still was high quality, quite quality content. And that's that's all we're looking for here, I think. I think I that I think that another thing is that that we're finally able to watch more of the women's games. Like it's just it's right. a matter yeah. of I can Same watch the games. Right. Yeah. I can watch yeah. the games. I, I will. I will talk a lot of shit about ESPN Plus about the fact that like some of their product, some of their stuff is just not great and how they package it is bad. But hey, I can watch women's basketball. I can watch yeah. almost yeah. all the games somewhere, and that absolutely changes the story. It's not just this thing that pop up at the end. As someone who's a more than like I'm not a big basketball person, but I can definitely go more often and see these games. 
and I can see that I can see the progress over the course of the season. It's not just something that I pick up at the very end, see three or four teams dominating, go like, oh, this must just be, you know, chalk, 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 whatever. You get more of the storyline, I guess. This this move, is that because it's WrestleMania weekend? Yeah. I just want to point it out. No. I'm... I don't even watch wrestling, and I know that that's a, is that? Yeah, John Cena. John Cena? Yeah, John okay, Cena, yeah. that's right. John Cena, who is now rocking like the old man bod. He's he's getting on in the years, guys. <laughs> it's still good, but it's not it's not as great as it once was. And a lot of people at the rest, at the, watching WrestleMania were like, Eh, he's looking okay, I guess. I don't know. Let's talk about the other side then, the men's side. We had one game that was an absolute, just amazingly close, well-fought game. We'll talk about that first. Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, holy shit. FAU goes ahead, increases the lead, and then San Diego starts playing their version of basketball. It looks like FAU is just going to outrun San Diego. San Diego wants to play a game where everyone scores in the 40s. San Diego State? I'm talking about my beloved, um, what are they called? San Diego Privateers? No, what are they? Shit. <laughs> Toreros. The Toreros. The Toreros. That's right. Toreros, yeah. Sorry, San Diego State. You're right. Yeah. The Aztecs want to get mad. They, they want to get you into a rock fight for 40 points. FAU looked like they were just not going to play that game. And then San Diego State comes crawling back, slowly but surely, until a buzzer beater shot that the minute it left his fingers, I knew it was going to go in. I saw the angle and I was like, well, that's it then. I don't know if you've watched the replay recently, but the players on the bench are at such an angle for San Diego State that they can see that it's going in too. So the guy, like the the guys in the uh, the zip up jackets that probably don't play that much, are like the first people up, like celebrating they, before the shot is in the As soon as it left his hand, the uh, the whole bench, the, like uh, everybody yep. in the warm ups are on the court, like yeah, they're, like, they're doing this like it's going in, and and it went in. I really feel bad for FAU because they led like that whole game. And it was, it was the- one of those where they built the lead and they just wouldn't let San Diego State, you know, they kept chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. And they just wouldn't let San Diego State take the lead because it felt like if San Diego State took the lead, it was over and San Diego State was going to win it. Their last possession, I uh, the last minute of the game, I didn't get to see it. Because Hulu cut out on me. It wasn't just me. Everybody with Hulu. Fuck it. I was trying to get that shit back together. I saw like the timeout and it was 17 seconds left and FAU had the ball and I was like, okay, I don't know what's going to happen. All of a sudden I saw Twitter like erupt and I was just like, I didn't like, I, I was able to see it after this and I was like where it, it froze and, it, and I like, I missed like 40 seconds. Then I get like this and then it goes out again. I'm like, I'm like, fuck you, Hulu. Like, I'm so mad. Uh, here's here's a little of the audio and video, folks, of that last little bit. So you can watch the people on the bench jump you have up. The as Spanish version? Shot. No, I can get a second. Get the Spanish version from Tim. Okay, let me grab that. That was a better. You're right. The Spanish version is amazing. I don't care what they say, announcer wise. Sorry, sorry, Jim Nance, and and you know, I know it's your last time. You guys, it, it, okay, here we go. Here we go. We're gonna do the Spanish version yeah. because it, yes. it's the best. It's the best. Acelera hacia la cancha, gancho de izquierda, falla el tiro. El balón lo tiene San Diego State. Reloj de tiro apagado. La tiene Butler por la derecha. Buscaba la falta contra Poi. Butler levanta el doble en camino. ¡Sí! ¡Increíble! ¡En la chicharra! ¡Lamón Butler! ¡Mantiene el sueño vivo para los aztecas de San Diego State! Sueño vivo para los aztecas. Oh, my God. I, God, please call everything. Just call everything. Yes. I mean, I really, I'm trying to learn Spanish. I think I need to just watch sports in Spanish and, and eventually just learn, just learn Spanish 
through mm-hmm. watching like Telemundo, uh, you know, Univision, you know, just doing all of that, just just learning Spanish that that's, way. That's the way to do it. That's the uh, way I'm gonna do it. Hub in Spanish because a lot Spanish. of the US commentators are not very good in my opinion. So I recommend it. And if the they, Women's World Cup, you can watch that at like two a.m. in Spanish. And uh, and that San Diego State won it on a mid-range jumper. The shot that is, the shot that is dead, and we all hate. Yep. And everyone says to us about it. Isn't there? San Diego State wins it on a fucking mid-range jumper. That's the only thing I can make now. Like if I play basketball, I, the only thing I can make is a mid-range jumper. Not going to get it from three. I am not tall enough jump. to. I am not tall enough to get a layup. Three pointers too far away. <laughs> the mid-range is my game, which is a dead game, and I know I'm an old man because of that. And then we go on to the next game. Hey, Miami, so. you know what? Y'all had a great season. You you stood up for the ACC. Things were great. This was not your night, and UConn absolutely just just took them apart. They've been so good all tournament. It's been I know. I mean, it's, UConn does not play any close games. None. They can't win a close game. They just win and blow out. They have beaten, was it 16 or 17 of their non-conference opponents this year? They've only lost in the Big East. It's amazing. Like, whenever this podcast comes out, they're they're playing Monday. I, I don't know what it is, but I don't want to discount San Diego State or whatever, but it just feels like this is one of those stupid years in the Final Four that, that UConn's there. They're playing their best basketball, and here they come. They're going to win the uh, Final Four with these all these crazy high seeds in the Final Four. <laughs> They're going to do it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just feels that way. I, so threw, I'm, I hope the other way happens and I'm wrong, but it just feels that way. I threw the game flow and the shot chart into of the Miami-UConn game into the chat. You guys can see where Miami just decided to a deadline for a bit, which you can't do against UConn because then you're chasing them the rest of the game. Also, you'll notice Miami's three-point shooting had completely just come off the rails. Yeah. The final game on Monday night, which our podcast will come out either during it, either right before or right after. We'll see what happens. Depending on my schedule tomorrow. And we have our Sicko CBB national championship game. Uh, our poll. <laughs> which is? Which, which is the one seed Louisville, the prohibitive favorite, is taking on the most incredible Cinderella story of the Sicko CBB poll. The 12 seed, the Iowa head coach, Fran McCaffrey. Uh, he just blew the ever-living crap out of the one seed Georgetown. So it's the actual basketball team versus versus the head coach of the Iowa Hawkeyes. Even though the Hawkeyes have been eliminated in the Sweet 16, their head coach is still going on, and he's going to compete for a national title. There we <laughs> Honestly, go. I don't know if it's more sickos that like a coach wins it or like the coach gets all the way to the final and then just loses to an actual team. Uh, I don't know. But we're going to find out. I don't know if it's just like the Iowa fans that follow us are just voting for Fran because it's Fran. Like, I have no idea. We can't control it. It's Twitter polls until they start charging for Twitter polls in like three weeks. Whatever. I do want to mention Conference USA dominance. CBI champs are Conference USA. Charlotte. Charlotte, NIT champs, North Texas, Conference USA. FAU in the final four. NIT runners up, UAB. And all this great money for Conference USA. Don't ask where those teams are going next year. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask where those teams are going to be next year. <laughs> Kennesaw State and Jacksonville State are going to have so much money they don't know what to do with next year. They're losing their minds. Well, I mean, you know, at least Conference USA replaced one owl with another set of owls. Not a Gamecock. They did. The Gamecock, which is always yeah, two two owls, right? Kennesaw and Nice. Yes, they have. Oh, that's yes. right. 
No. Oh no, Rice is leaving. Rice, Rice is going out. Rice is going to the American. <laughs> Rice is leaving. Well, the American, the American will have the American will have two owls. The American will have three owls now, actually. Yeah. They'll have FAU Temple. Temple and Rice. <laughs> The, the hoot division because we always like to talk about college football occasionally i do want to mention mr starkman who, yeah what is this okay so there was an article about the new northwestern stadium and that people some people local in evanston don't want it because they're afraid of all these things this is a dude who's 56 and runs a hot dog hot dog store across the street from the stadium i believe yeah and they was asked the Wall Street journal uh i don't remember I don't so know. he's so he's seen some shit is he's, what you're saying. He's seen some shit. Yeah. And yeah. he was saying, oh, people, because because the locals were like, well, people will pee on our lawns and they'll just pee on things because that's what football fans do. Okay. Okay. You live in, you live in Evanston. Let's, let's, let's slow your roll here, fuckos. But <laughs> wait, does he work at Mustard's Last Stand? Yes. Oh God. Yes, he does. That's right across the street from Ryan Field. Yep. They asked him about. What he thought about all these things, and he got, and he has a very good good idea. He, he wants them to build this because he thinks that Northwestern deserves a new stadium. But they asked him about the, the the comments on peeing on things, and they he said that that's exaggerated. It only really happens whenever Northwestern hosts Ohio State. But then he, <laughs> but then he also offers more information. So Wisconsin uh, fans party hard, but are quote nice and respectful. He said, Michigan State fans are quote brilliant. Lots of doctors and judges. Michigan supporters are, quote, ruffians, but generally well-behaved. Bruh. Iowa's fans are the friendliest in the Big Ten, and Nebraska's fans are most likely to arrive in pickups. Quote, Ohio State fans are the only problem, Mr. Starkman said. They have a monster following, and they think the world is their bathroom. Asked about this, Ohio State declined to comment. Twitter is Twitter verifies this thought about Ohio State fans. I'm sorry, but it does. But that's but here's it's the so thing: true. Ohio State fans it's were like, so "Fuck yeah, we pee on things." Ain't no thing that they're fine with this. Michigan I mean, nuts. Both nuts of, is in the team name. Come on, what do you expect? Yeah, like both of my brothers-in-law are Ohio State fans. Can confirm. Can confirm hard. <laughs> now Michigan fans, though, they're furious because either one of the two things are true: either this dude thinks they're ruffians. Or he fucked up and got them confused with Michigan State. Because he said Michigan State fans are brilliant. Lots of doctors and judges. And Michigan fans are like, that doesn't describe them. That's us. So they're they're broken between either they're ruffians oh my God. or they got, they got mistaken for Michigan State. I'm not sure which is worse. <laughs> this broke them. This broke Michigan Twitter. I honestly yeah. love the Ohio State fans. I'm like, yeah, we, we, yeah, we pee okay. everywhere. Yeah, it's fine. We okay, yeah. They were fine with this. It was not an issue. Ohio State fans would fit right in at Mardi Gras, just peeing everywhere. Beautiful. But Michigan fans, ruffians. Oh, it's so good. If you called them assholes, it would have made them angry, but whatever. But ruffians. Ruffians yep. is their language. So it makes them angry specifically in a way that's going to hurt them. They're confused for Michigan State, which makes them even angrier. It's so good. There's no win on this. I assume Mr. Starkman did this <laughs> out of spite. I didn't realize a bunch of Nebraska fans just drive pickup trucks, but I mean, if you got farms and corn or whatever, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, duty farm trucks. But I mean, it's just like the Nebraska fans are most likely to arrive and pick up. I want to ask Mr. Starkman about the rest of the teams. Keep talking, dude. Tell me yeah, more go. about what you think. Let's go. Tell me about Illinois. I want to know about Hoosier fans. Yeah. Let's go. Tell mm -hmm. me all yep. about that. What about Rutgers supporters? Do they pee everywhere, too? <laughs> I assume so. I can't wait for his thoughts on USC and UCLA. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. God. No, they're going to ask for vegan hot dogs, and that's what's going to start. It's oh, yeah. going to, yeah. Do you so have vegan do you, Chicago dogs? Do you have an Italian yeah. beef, but without the meat? 
can I, can you get a dipped yeah. beef? Does your, does your beef do, does that beef sauce have, have meat in it? Is it, was it made with meat? Can I get an Italian beef with some avocado? Yeah. Can- I was going to say, like, is, it, is, is the vegan going to make them mad or whenever you ask them for an avocado dog? Yeah. You're, that's a good point. Is that a veggie jus? You didn't make it with big beef parts, did you? I'm, can I'm- I just have quinoa? Do you have a quinoa dog? A quinoa, quinoa dog? dog. So shout out to this dude. Bless him. Give us some great content. <laughs> that's great. Thank you. Thank so you, good. Mr. Starkman. You, he's the hot dog vendor. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I can I want to. We can either. Can we find him and interview him? Oh, we can. We can call, definitely. We can call he's it up. Mostert's last name every day for the sicko Substack. Hey, we're we're the sickos committee. We need to know more here about this about these Big Ten fans. His dad, who just passed away a couple oh. years ago, was known as Colonel Mustard. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And his son is also part of the hot dog stand. It's this is a generational thing, yes. Oh no, I like that. That's nice. Hey Andrew, can you tell me about like how's this pitch clock thing going in baseball? I've heard about this. I've seen a couple of things about it. Like, is it going well the first couple of like games? It's very funny when it goes wrong. It's very subtle. They really this this is a broader content thing by me. They need to mic up officials in every sport so we know what the hell's going on. They're just make making gestures like they're going like this to run it, and then they're they're like using their finger. It's like a whole like hand signals. Okay, like it's it's kind of ridiculous. But there's usually only one or two at the most per game. There's usually about one is what we're at right okay. now. But I was watching uh, my beloved Mets today, and there was a strikeout by the other team on the pitch clock because you have to be ready as the batter with eight seconds to go, and he wasn't ready. And he was a uh, strikeout by pitch clock. So that was deeply funny. And uh, that's why we have the picture. It's this great. is the guy that was taken out uh, reacting, which is very funny. So we can put that in the, I, in the tweet. I'm going to say we don't need to mic up more people because after watching weeks of XFL at this point, where it just sounds like <laughs> where it sounds like they have just left live mics on everyone in the stadium. I am. Oh, no. It's, it's so confusing to try to list, try to hear when they talk to Dean Blandino and then the refs are like, you can hear the refs actually try to work these things out in their heads in real oh time, which is awful. They don't oh, just no. flip it on for like the announcement. The dude's like, you hear the dude going number 45. And then you hear over the, over his headset, dude, that was 35, number 35, correction, number 35, stuff like that. It's, oh yeah. I think um, we- and, and rugby, everybody's my, the, the ref in the middle is mic'd up and he, and he's always talking. Sometimes there's cussing and it's great. So I, I want more of that, honestly. What we need is everyone mic'd up, but not everyone live all the time. Kind of like F1 with the radios. Yes. So what other baseball stuff do we want to talk about, Andrew? Okay, so the Dodgers opened up at home against the Diamondbacks, and they're 2-2. Two and two. They have 2-1 two, two to one losses. So their run differential is 14, but they're 2-2 two and two because they lost two one-run games where they only scored two runs. The other team scored two, and they scored one. That's... So not great. That's brilliant. Uh, the Rangers, the Twins, and the Rays are the teams that are undefeated, which is uh, what well, everybody had probably in their scorebook. Oh, yeah. Go Rangers. Yeah. yeah, the Rangers swept the Phillies, so that, that makes me very happy. And the Twins and the Rays beat the um, Royals and the Tigers. So it's going to be a long long year for those those last two teams, unfortunately, I think. And uh, as I mentioned in, my, in the open, I, I attended the Reds-Pirates game in person. It was pretty cold. It was a beautiful day in the morning on saturday but it it was 60 and uh then it was not 60. it was like <laughs> uh it was not great the the time of game like the pace like i had been going to some minor league games where they were using the pitch clock last year but the the pacing and everything is really good there's less dead time it's just like way better 
you you can't look away though but so that's good and bad like there's no time for you to like you know look over at your friend or you know grab your water or whatever you're doing you might miss something which is better than sitting there waiting for and then indeterminate amount of time for you know guys to step out and call time out and knock the uh, dirt out of their spikes and go through their whole routine where they readjust the batting glove and then put it back on and you know all that stuff so a lot of that kind of dead time has been removed so the game was like two hours and 15 minutes Jesus and Christ. there was a lot of scoring. it was it was six to two it was like two hours and 20 minutes it was great and uh, yeah, i had skyline for the first time this is not a cannibals podcast but this is a uh, a live update that it's pretty good yeah what'd you get uh two conies there's an excessive amount of cheese on those things yeah, there is it's a little much but the the, the meat sauce is, is pretty good it's like kind of like eating indian food because it's very cinnamony yeah as people probably can imagine but yeah uh the, full mark the original, the original uh, people who did I, mean, I, don't, I, mean, I think the original was gold star not skyline but of that mm-hmm. whole thing Apparently, those flavors are Balkan, uh, ma- uh, so Mas- Greek and Macedonian. Macedonian. Yeah, yeah, and that's what that's what Greek people put in their meat sauce. Can confirm oh. they put a little bit of uh, cinnamon, not as much cinnamon as Skyline puts. They they go a little hard with the cinnamon, but yeah, it was fun. You know, Reds Pirates, very uh, you know, two great teams there. Hey, hey, you know, big Pirates fan here, uh, and that's probably one of the reasons why it led me to be the commissioner of the Sickos Committee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Let's go, Buckos. I appreciate the the advent of the pitch clock just simply because it's going to keep people like the commission I from consuming literally fatal levels of the Pittsburgh Pirates at a time. There's an MSDS sheet for that team, and like we've been we've been flirting with disaster for a long time. So I just appreciate Major League Baseball taking this step to preserve our lives. I need to um, start, I need to start getting you guys like like dosimeters of Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Pirates. Where if your meter starts turning gray, you've consumed too much pirates, please leave the stadium immediately. That's yeah, the, the demon core of baseball teams. Ba- basically, the, yeah. The elephant foot, the, yes. That That's the originator of, of the dad text that I get is because he's from Pittsburgh. He grew up in Pittsburgh. And, and basically, even though I grew up in New Orleans, he's he's basically passed down his pirates fandom to me. And so once baseball season goes around, we'll, I don't get texts about the pirates every day. Um, I only get texts, you know, every now and then about the pirates. So he's, that's basically like the, the, you know, father son bonding is I get the pirates text. Um, mm-hmm. he was just like, you know, we, we talked about, you know, the, the pirates winning, you know, he was, he was like, uh, glad we got the win His win is a win. And then like, I hadn't heard about him because the pirates lost the last two games. So they're one. And two. Oh. So again, we, we check in periodically about the pirates. So. Uh, that's that's the one thing the father and son thing that he did. Uh, he's he's very uh, up there. He used to sneak out of school to go watch the Pirates in Forbes Field. Uh, yeah. He used to duck out of class to go watch afternoon games at Forbes Field. So uh, that's that's basically his Pirates heritage when they were actually good. Uh, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm stuck with them when they're they they've not been good at all. And basically they're the only team that I root for that has not won a title in my lifetime. So. Uh, hopefully the pirates. That's can because pull that's because I root for them, and <laughs> I have an extremely cursed fandom list. So <laughs> um, I, I dropped something in the Discord for you guys. It's a gentleman with a large plate of food in front of him. I want to oh, no. talk about the six way. Okay, uh, the traditional Whoa. five way Cincinnati five way, which is not a sex act, even though it feels that way, is uh, spaghetti, chili, cheese, onions, and beans. I believe that's the five way. Okay. 
So this is the sixth way. This is a food challenge. Because remember back when we used to do those things, guys? When food challenges were a thing? Man versus food. Yeah, when the, when the, before the guy on Man versus Food, watching that show and watching his health do this over the course mm -hmm. of a season. Was... No, but he. So there's episodes where he gives the food out to people. That's not the point. Eat the food, man. Come on. I I, I think his I heart really need, his heart needed to, his heart needed a break. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's <laughs> yeah, not... but don't agree to the show. Uh, okay. Don't be like, okay, I'm in Man versus Food. Well, what you're, what you're looking at in front of you here, guys, is the the world famous six way. Uh, this is going to be 2.5 pounds of chili, oh. 2.5 pounds of spaghetti, oh. two pounds of cheese, and a pound of jalapeno oh. caps. Are they oh, like fried man. jalapeno? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah those they are fried. Sure are. Top. Oh, man. Clean your plate in 60 minutes and your meal is free. Oh, my God. I'm, that sounds painful. It's the dense. pasta is the worst it's part of so that. Dense. Like, the so The idea of putting that much pasta into my body. Oh, my God. Yeah. That exists. Let's bunch your Airbud World Pup movie review for next time. Okay, we'll we'll go Airbud World Pup movie review. Fine, we'll uh, we'll talk about it. A lot got, of plot holes. I've got okay. a I've got a short one for you guys today in honor of FAU making the final four. We're gonna use FAU as our best in our recurring series, our thirty nine part series, the best season of all time for teams who are below five hundred all time or Basotaf Tuwab five hundred at. My favorite, easy to remember thing. Just remember, it's part eight. Part eight. Part eight of thirty nine. I posted the the map that you did. Yeah, and there was a bunch of fans who were like, "Hey, when are you gonna get to our team?" I'm like, "We got thirty two to go. We got tons <laughs> left, y'all. We got a lot left." Also, I can't I, I'm, tell you. I am looking forward to our. <laughs> I'm looking forward to our next series. Top twenty five teams of all time. The worst season of all time for the twenty five teams who are above six hundred all time. It's also going to be a great, a great series. I'm yes. really worried about how easy that acronym is getting to be to say. <laughs> oh yeah, it just was. It's it's really easy. You just you just say it. Basovtaf Tuab 500 ads. It's easy. It rolls off your tongue. We're gonna talk about FAU. Florida Atlantic University is not an old school. FAU itself wasn't founded a long time ago. FAU was founded in '61. The oldest newspapers I can find for the college are in like '68. They're in Boca, which I've said before. I have this permanent location blind list. I can never remember where Boca Raton is. It's by Miami. It's on the Atlantic coast. It's not up in the armpit of Florida. Like I always think it is for some reason. I think it's North of Tampa. I don't know why that is. It is. It is not North of Tampa. If you're thinking North of Tampa, it's the university of Florida. No, I'm thinking like, like on the coast in the armpit. Oh, like, no, there's nothing there. Not. There's nothing there. Maybe like Apalachicola. That's about it. It's, it's really close. Jordan, if you know where Palm beach and West Palm are, yeah. it's close to those. Okay. It's really close to those. Yeah. yeah. FAU football team is not that old either. FAU's football team only started playing in the early 2000s. They're 118 and 147 all time, but they've had some really good seasons in there. We're, we're going to trace this all back to a man by the name of Howard Schnellenberger. Uh, Howard Schnellenberger is sort of the father of this program. He played in Kentucky and he played for the Toronto Argonauts. I could not find a picture of him in Toronto, but I desperately want to find one now because the idea of big mustachey Howard Schellenberger playing in Toronto just makes me very happy. He was really known as an OC genius back in the 60s and 70s. He was Bears OC in Alabama for the championship seasons of 61, 64, 65. He was the OC under Don Shula at Miami for the Dolphins winning the Super Bowl in 72 and the undefeated season. His first real big head coaching break was the Baltimore Colts, where he coached under Robert Ursay. And Robert Ursay tried to fire him mid-game. We're trying, trying to tell him to change quarterbacks mid-game in his second season. Howard Schellenberger told him to fuck off upstairs. <laughs> uh, 
Robert Ursay said, I'm going to fire you. And Schellenberger goes, you can't fire me till after the game. Go back upstairs. <laughs> so that went well. He lasted a season and four games, I believe, in Baltimore. Then he was OC a couple more places and then took the Miami job. The Miami job in 79, Miami, sorry, Miami University job was seen as a dead end back in the day, especially in 79. They were actually considering taking rid of their football program. But Schellenberger shows up. He has quarterback Jim Kelly, Buffalo Bills darling Jim Kelly for the first four years. And they build up steam. They win the championship, not with Jim Kelly, but later on in 83. They beat Tom Osborne's undefeated Huskers in the Orange Bowl 31 to 30. The best part about that game was that Nebraska scores at the end of the game to get it to 30-31. If hey, Nebraska... Let's, let's, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can we put like a disclaimer warning for Cornhuskers fans here? Yeah, sorry. Just let that go. <laughs> put that in advance. I, I know <laughs> it's been gonna... a long time. But again, put like, you know, corn sounds or whatever you got to put Corn here. sounds, got it. Sorry, don't, don't, don't listen to this. You probably know what, what happened, but if you don't want to hear it again, Nebraska fans, we, you can skip this part. Does this mean we can talk about 1997 too? <laughs> if they, if, oh my God. if Nebraska just kicks the extra point, they tie the game 31-31, they probably win the national title, but Tom Osborne decides to go for two. So Nebraska wins the game and fails. So Nebraska wins, sorry, uh, Miami wins this game 31-30 and wins a national title. After this, Howard Schellenberger leaves and he goes to Louisville. And Louisville's in an even worse position than Miami was when he took the Miami job. They'd only had two winning seasons in the past 12 years. He turned the program around, ended up at a high point where they were 10-1-1 and they, won they beat Alabama in the Fiesta Bowl. And then I'd forgotten about this part. Did you know Howard Schellenberger was head coach at Oklahoma for one year? Yep. I'd forgotten about this. It was not a great year. It was five, five, and one. Yeah, not a great year. There were lots of things that apparently didn't work out there. His sort of thing coming in, he had some personal problems. It was a bad fit. It did not work. So he retired like in 95. That was, he was done with college football, done with football. Yep. And then he got the call to help build a program from scratch at FAU. He was hired as director of football operations. His job was to raise money to get this thing in place. It took him a couple of years, like it always does. And then FAU president asked Schellenberger to choose a coach. Everyone guess who he chose. Himself. Himself. He was the first coach. I want to read a quote, guys. This one is so different, says Schellenberger. The others, we were working with adopted kids. These were our kids. Which is a quote we hear a lot. But I'm going to continue this quote because it gets spicier. We went from foreplay... I think I can use that term these days and not get in trouble. To conception to birth. It's been a great romance and it's produced, I think, a wonderful child. Oh. Uh, Anyone want a mustache ride is what he's asking? And FAU said, yes, please. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. And if you don't know his voice, it's got a particular yeah. graveliness to it. That mm -hmm. I think if I heard the word foreplay come from his mouth, I would just die. Um, wait, can y'all hear me again? Yeah. Can hear me? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to drop this in the Discord, but it's not working. Um, I met Howard Schellenberger yeah. with my friend Priscilla. We were at a Miami game, um, and it was right after Mark Richt was hired at Miami. And I think we asked him something like, hey, what do you think of Mark Richt or whatever? And he literally looks at us and goes, the Lord spoke, and now he's here. There we go. That's what... <laughs> Said nothing else, and I was like, okay. That describes the Mark Richt experience in Miami. <laughs> yeah, it does. Anyways, oh um, God. that story... Jordan is giving wow. I don't know if yep. I should show this picture to anyone else anymore. Nope. Now it's now it's become tainted. Something wonderful it's became tainted. 
which is what I'm very good at doing. So FAU plays their first full season in 01. They are an, a, a one two a which is now FCS independent. And they're playing their home games at Pro Player Stadium in Miami, Florida. That is the, that is the, if you don't know, that is now Hard Rock Stadium, as they call it, I believe so. The Miami Dolphin Stadium, Mm -hmm. that thing. It's Hard Rock. The old version. So it's, so it's Joe Robbie Stadium, Pro Player Stadium, Land Shark Stadium. Mm -hmm. What else have they had? Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, Dolphin Stadium, Dolphins. Dolphin Stadium. There's singular and plural, Uh, Dolphin, Dolphins. There's there's been so many sponsors of that stadium, but it's the same stadium. Uh, But they just changed the sponsors now. It's great. Their first Joe Robbie's the original. Their first game was a was a forty to seven loss to Slippery Rock. My God, seen by twenty five thousand people. Perfect. That first season was not great, guys. They did rack up wins over Bethune Cookman, Marist, Jacksonville, and Albany. But they did lose to St. Peter's, our beloved Peacocks, who did the, who dropped their football program, I believe, two years later. It was very close to that. The first, the second year was worse. They went two and nine. They did, however, beat FIU in their first year. FIU also puts their program in right along the same time. But we're going to talk about the 03 season. There have been three 11 and three seasons at FAU. The most recent two, 2017, 2019, were both Lane Kiffin seasons. I didn't want to talk about those because they were a little too recent for this. But they have, both of those ended with a Boca Bowl win. Their first 11-3 season was in 03, in their third year of existence. It was in FCS, Division 1-2A. And they made the FCS playoff semifinals in their third year of existing as a program. Wow. Man. Their OC was Larry Sipple, an NFL guy who coached wide receivers at Miami and Detroit for a bit. But that was really his only thing. He had never really done college before. Their DC, Kirk Hosa, who was a Slippery Rock alum, then was at DC at small schools, except for being some time at Louisville. Their stadium, after a pro player, they went to Fort Lauderdale, which is never a good thing in your life, guys. If you're in Miami and then end up in Fort Lauderdale, something has gone wrong usually. I'm going to post their stadium. Fort, Fort, Fort Lauderdale is not that bad. This is Lockhart yeah. Stadium in Fort Lauderdale. It is a cute um, little stadium. Stadium's not that great, yeah. Uh, let me get you one with some people in it for you. There we go. This is what FAU game day looked like. You'll notice that it's not in Boca Raton. This was an off-campus stadium, which is always great for for vibes for any sort yeah. of young football team. The, the Hurricanes really know how that that's going. Exactly. So we're going to talk about the 03 season. I'm going to drop that schedule in the Discord as well, so you guys can look along. Can we talk about like the tenants of the stadium? Oh, Lockhart, Lockhart Stadium. Stadium. Oh, please read them. Yeah, they're great. All right, all right, that's good. So Lockhart Stadium, I believe it was it was opened in 1959. Yeah. Um, as a high school stadium. It was demolished on my birthday in 2019. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. Oh, uh, yeah. By the, by the way, what is what is yeah. there now, by the way? That's where <laughs> Inter-Miami FC plays. Okay. It's that, right, that so bit of land. There's another stadium. All right. Here are the tenants of Lockhart Stadium that FAU uh, opened their stadium. I had their first stadium, essentially. The Florida State Strikers, which were of uh, the North American Soccer League in the 70s and early 80s. The Fort Lauderdale Strikers, they're back again. Uh, 1988 to 1994. The American, the American Soccer League in the American Professional Soccer League. So two leagues. Then the, the Florida State Strikers, they're back again. They're in the United States Soccer League. The Miami Fusion. Apparently there was an MLS franchise in Miami. There, there was for three years, yeah. For three years there. Uh, FAU was there. Then once FAU was leaving, there was two seasons of uh, USL, USL, United States Soccer League. 
Miami FC, then the Florida, I'm sorry, Fort Lauderdale Barracudas. Not the strikers, very different. The Stars Football League, I don't even know what that is. Then the, the Florida, Fort Lauderdale Strikers, they're back again to North American Soccer League. And then the the Fort Lauderdale Strikers under 23 team. And then the, they closed up shop in 2019. So that stadium had a quite interesting history to it. Off-campus stadium. They were having some attendance problems that year. We'll talk about that in a second. But I dropped the schedule in the Discord. You can see it there. They open up actually really promisingly in 03 with their first win ever over an FBS team. Middle Tennessee, step on down. Ooh. You took a loss in Murfreesboro to a team in their third season. Oh, man. Yeah. 23,000 Middle Tennessee fans paid for that, paid to watch that. But then notice, notice the next game though. Kamish, who is their next opponent? Valdosta State. What kind of football does Valdosta State play? Is that Division Two? That is Division Two. What is the score in that game? My God, Division Two Valdosta State opening up their stadium that season. Yeah. They lost 45 to 17 oh my god the attendance was only 4700 people i'm glad <laughs> there's not that many people there so so now oh. understandably fau came off a two and nine season okay they did not have the fan support also it was 4 p.m in september in florida so oh god that's a brutal time mm-hmm. now I, I will also say that valdosta state was ranked second in d2 had only lost four games in the last three years it was a bad choice it was a bad d2 choice but still Getting your shit kicked in by Valdosta is not the best. The next one, though, was the heartbreaker. Kamish, what's the third game they played? Oh, my God. They lost at UCF, 33-29. Was was UCF in the MAC that time? uh, They were in the MAC. That was MAC UCF, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, and they finished 3-9 and that year. That was MAC UCF. This was a team that FAU really wanted to, thought that they were, like, this was their, like, peer institution. We're trying to match them in football, UCF. And so this was not great UCF. This was was MAC UCF. I just want to say that 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 game was played in the Florida Citrus Bowl, where where Chedzi roams free. Uh, You mean you mean Prince Chedward? But yes, sure. Don't disrespect him with Chedzi. Don't you dare! I love Chedzi. Chedzi, I don't care. No, Chedzi is awesome. Head in the fucking guillotine. Once Prince Chedward has a moment, guillotine his ass. Yep. I hope Chedzi has a bunch of cousins, like the hot and spicy version of Chedzi, the white cheddar version of Chedzi, whatever. The extra crispy one. That looks like it's got a sun sunburn in the Florida Chedzi. I hope there's more. Bring it on, cheese it. Let's do it. Do it all the way. So the heartbreaker <laughs> loss to UCF for week three. But then we get a turnaround. They win at Youngstown State and they win at Illinois State. Now they're an independent in FCS, so there's no conference here. But they win two away games pretty convincingly in FCS. This is their first win streak in program history. The first time they won two in a row. First time they went they two win- in a row. They went to Youngstown, Ohio, and Normal, Illinois. Not, normal not, not Illinois. Not the normal, normal lights of Michigan. No, no, of course not. Eastern Michigan. No, no, definitely no. not. Them. I'm going to read a little bit of their newspaper about this, about this win streak and as they're going. Yes, FAU fans are the same from last year. Their support of this Owls team, this is five and two Owls later, so later on, is the same as last year's 0-7 team. FAU attendance for the first two home games was just over 4,000. Then came the slap in the face. The Owls were cheered on to their fourth straight victory by only 3,000 fans. Attendance has actually dropped since the Owls have been winning. Since, <laughs> well, since no one knows how to how, how you go to the game, I'll leave you with the notion that FAU is now ranked on almost every poll. ESPN has the Owls 28th, Sports Network 23rd, and Don Hansen 21st. The Owls are well on their way to Division 1-2A playoffs, light years ahead of where they were 
a year ago. And it's true. They made it to the playoffs. They ended the season on a great home run. They beat some big teams, Northern Colorado, Gardner-Webb, and Siena. Then they beat rival at FIU in Miami. The Shula Bowl. And right. then they, in the playoffs, they go on a tear. They beat... Number they beat Bethune Cookman at Bethune Cookman. They beat number sixteen Northern Arizona in Flagstaff at the Walkup Dome, Sky Dome, and then they lose the semifinal at home on TV in two thousand three on ESPN two in two thousand fucking three. They lose to Ow. number six Colgate. Ah, at home in Lockhart Stadium in Fort Lauderdale. That was so, our biggest attendance of the year. Yes. People showed up, 12,000 people. There was a game where the only 3,300 people were there, and this one has 12,000. How many seats does this stadium have? Oh, you're going to go back to the I don't, Yeah, I don't know. Look it up. I don't know. I think there's temporary seating based on the photos that I've seen. Uh, it was 17,417. So they weren't even Okay. They had some room. They had, had some room. room. The big things here are that the next year, and this was always the intention, was that they're, they were moving on to FBS. So they spent these three years in FCS. They got their point. They got their playoff wins. And then they were like, okay, full speed ahead. Their first year in FBS, they went nine and three. I'm sorry. Who was one of the three losses? <laughs> so they lost to Louisiana Monroe. That's right, they lost baby. to Troy and they lost to New Mexico state. All of our favorites, but they beat Hawaii, North Texas, Mitsu, Texas state and Northern Colorado beat Florida A&M, Illinois state, Edward waters, which I think is a person. I don't know. And then <laughs> FIU. This was their transition year. So they played a mix of FBS and FCS opponents. Then in 2005, two years after their semifinal run, their luck ran out. This was the first year in the Sun Belt. They went two and nine oh. with losses oh. at Kansas, Oklahoma State, at Minnesota, Louisiana Monroe, at Louisville, beat Lafayette, not, not Lafayette College, Louisiana Lafayette, lost to Mitsu, revenge game, lost to Arkansas State, 0-3 in overtime. I got to find that game. Oh my god! I gotta find that game. Holy shit! Zero three in overtime. Okay, wait, wait. Arkansas State and F FAU two thousand five. Okay, Arkansas. Did they State. beat FIU, Jordan? So yeah. that's early overtime days. What, what was the result of the Shula Bowl that uh, year? They they beat they lost they lost oh, FIU no. fifty two to six revenge game. Oh, revenge game. Oh no! That's been a real swingy rivalry. For being really honest. Yeah. Oh my okay. god. I, I found think, the wait, box I think score FIU, of that game. FIU had to vacate that game, by the way, because of penalties. FIU was cheating. That's how they won. <laughs> I found the box score of that game. Yeah. I wish I could find the drive chart, but I found the box score of the the 2005 FIU-Arkansas State game. Yeah. It, it was completely scoreless. You probably could have done the Frank Beamer meme. With, oh, it could have, yeah. With, with Howard Schnellenberger if that game was on TV. <sighs> It was on ESPN Plus. That was witnessed Not by 20,000 people. There was no fucking way it was on ESPN Plus in 2005. It says in Wikipedia, so I'm probably going to say ESPN 3. Yeah, that would be better. Or whatever it was at back then. Yeah, I, I, I want to find the drive chart. I am going to try to find the well, drive I found chart it. of this. I found a drive chart. Would you like a drive chart? Yes, let's do oh, it. Boy. Here we love go. That. I love how we went from the 2000, the best team of all time. <laughs> Sorry. From I, FAU, okay. and then so, we're just like, hey, let's go to the 2005. So I tried oh so I tried so hard to not make the first part of this thing I did about Miami. I was like I'm, I was talking way too much about Miami, which I'm going to cut it because I want FAU to think we're talking about Miami, not them. And then we come to this, and we're just dragging them now. Here we go. By the way, drive chart. <laughs> Sorry, FAU fans. Punt, punt, interception. Punt, 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 punt. Field goal attempt. Punt, interception. Fumble, punt, downs. Punt, 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 downs. Punt, punt, interception. Punt, interception. Field goal attempt, interception. 
Every, and then, FAU and then had 168 uh, yards of total offense on 62 plays. <laughs> no, no, no. How did Arizona? 2.7 yards per play. Arkansas State had almost 400 yards of offense and couldn't score a touchdown. They threw three picks and lost a fumble. Oh my god! Oh wow. my god! So and had 70 yards of, of uh, penalties. So congrats, oh, FA, so congrats the, on your final four, FAU. By the way. Arkansas State, they uh, were co-champions of the Sun Belt that year. Here we go. Hold them close. Uh, with, 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 tied with the Cajuns and ULM in 2005. <laughs> so ridiculous. Well, here, here yes. we go. To make FAU feel better, I will say this. FA, FIU had all five of their wins vacated in 2005 because of cheating. <laughs> FIU cheating. What did they do? What did FIU do? Major violations. Oh my God. They were just cheating. Like they couldn't wait. They were just that. They, they, uh, FI, okay. FIU fans. We're going to say that FIU was completely jealous of FAU. And so they had to cheat to keep up with how good you were FAU. And that that's basically what their motivation was. And they got caught by the NCAA and they had to vacate all their wins. There we go. There's FAU. Congrats on your final four. Congrats on your 11 and threes FAU. Looking forward to your next year under Tom Herman. Got that, right. got that Texas in you. Not good Texas, just some Texas. <laughs> I think that's all we got for today, folks. Or something. Say it again? The, he did like at the Texas Bowl, he did like the horns on his chest or something. Oh, yes. Yeah. Sorry, I'll spare everybody. Wasn't that. he the one who tweeted the okay, cool, hook him? Yep. Or was that? Yes. Okay, cool, okay, cool yeah. hoot him. Okay, cool. Hoot him. Anyone else have anything they want to say for the podcast? Again, I want to talk about Air Bud World Pup. Seriously. So my, my kid, you know, totally enthused about the soccer. We told him we let it uh, watch a thing. It's like, so this is Air Bud 3. He's playing soccer. It's it's completely ridiculous. In the beginning of the game, Air Bud completely takes out this kid and should totally have a red card. This is just some bull 